Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, welcome to the most listened to show on the 110 Nation Radio Network. When it's hot, it's hot. Presenting you the caution flag of racing radio, the DJ Music Man, and the Tasmanian Devil of Flaggers. Here's your host, Chris, Chris and Tad. race fans how the hell are you it's a tuesday night race chat live is live and on their waves glad to have y'all glad to be here we're gonna talk the next two hours about the thing we love the most and that is racing baby i've got my partners in crime here with me as well as i introduce uh mr taz taylor and craig moore welcome to the show guys Good evening. Hello. All right. Good evening. Well, we're having wonderful weather here, and I hope that it's uh, pretty and nice wherever you are as well. Got a lot of stuff to cover in a short time to get there. Uh, we've got trucks. We've got uh, Xfinity to talk about. We've got, uh, um uh, of course, uh, Cup. Uh, we've got what's coming up next week or this week. Uh, this weekend is going to be the dirt race at Bristol. Yeah, I'm excited for the. I'm excited for the dirt race at Bristol. I'm, I'm hoping it's better than this week at Martinsville. Well, we've had two races prior that have been considered kind of short track racing and, and both of those races beforehand were not too stellar I should say uh, but um, you know Martinsville I think a lot of things happened there um, I don't think anybody anybody that won a bet there before lead changes uh, they are the Nascar Damas uh, of, uh, of racing because I know I sure as hell couldn't have predicted four lead changes, really among two drivers, uh, Chase Elliott and William Byron. Uh, but uh, definitely have a lot of ground to cover here. Taz, uh, glad to have you in as well. Let's go over to our uh, our truck series race. And we'll give some updates about uh, about the Martinsville race. First of all, my buddy, my uh, God bless America, Johnny Sauter, was there. Did y'all see that? He was there. He did good. Glad to see Johnny Sauter step out of semi-retirement. And uh, man, he was competitive. Man, I mean, he. Uh, I thought I thought there was a chance there that he could have uh, picked up a win. So. You know, the truck series probably the second best race of the weekend. Um, I don't know what could top uh, the Xfinity race, but we'll talk about that here in just a, 
just a minute. But, of course, I believe the, the uh, show was stolen by a Cup Series regular, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? What was that? The race yeah, was but... won by a Cup Series regular. Yeah, William Byron. Yeah, William Byron. Went from, yeah. what was it, last to first? Yeah. So it was It was obviously his weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he, he definitely cut from the back. Um, but, uh, you there? Yeah. No, I'm here. I'm uh, trying to dig up the official finish real quick. But, uh, guys, you, I got anything to comment about the truck series race? Did anybody watch it? Was it good? It was a good yeah. race, wasn't it? I liked it. I liked it. Um, Haley Deacon got, said, her, got, got ran over again. I mean, that's, that's, that's not Deacon, new news, yeah. but... Well, did you guys did you guys see that I had shared that she wants the races to be shorter? And I said, yeah, why? So she can uh, wreck well, sooner. We can well, we can get there in the next half hour, but I I see her side of it and I have my thoughts on it. So we can discuss that in the next half hour. But as far as the truck race, though, I would I would wouldn't say it was the best race I've seen, but not bad overall. Um, definitely one of the better races, let's put it that way. Um, anyone enjoy the parking lot brawl? Did we have any, uh, I didn't see any officials out there with, uh, with, with glowing vests to tell people where to park. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't either. That was, uh, that was interesting. That was interesting for sure. Um, but you're going to have that on a small track, and I think it was to be expected, and I think that uh, it happened a lot later than I thought it was going to. I thought it would happen early. No, I figured it would have happened around there. It's typical. I didn't expect it to be as big as it was. Let's put it that way. Well, well, all three races were held at nighttime. Did, did, uh, was that uh, was that a selling factor for Martinsville? Did well, y'all enjoy the night races? Well, all three races been, were raced at night. Fans have been wanting Martinsville under the lights for quite a while, and I guess Martinsville kind of listened. But the only thing I would say for a night race at Martinsville, I would say springtime run in the day. This is my opinion, and then in the fall when you have the uh, the playoffs and such, make the playoffs the night race. That's going to be your giant seller. Or they could just take Martinsville off the schedule altogether for one race and give it to another track. What? What? Well, <laughs> Jesus! Somebody get Craig, that I think you may have a head cold. Are you okay, buddy? Well, no, I know I got a head cold, but <laughs> it was pro- it was like to me it was like watching paint dry. Oh, that was the well, cup. No, now you're talking we're about talking the cup race. race. Now we're jumping way ahead. Oh, we're, we're okay. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, we we've still got to cover the Xfinity race, which is coming up in the next minute. As a matter of fact, 
Now, I don't know if we if we could really cover everything that happened in the Xfinity race in, in five minutes, but we'll we'll do our best to. But let's uh, do that rundown, I guess. Uh, well, I thought I had it. For some reason, JC did not update the finish. Okay, so well, that's stage one. Okay. All right, there's stage two. My goodness. William Byron, Johnny Sauter, Kyle Bush, John Hunter Nemechek, and Ben Rhodes rounded out the top five. Chandler Smith, Matt Crafton, Grant Enfinger, Zane Smith, and Taylor Ankrum. Uh, they finished up uh, the top ten there. Uh, notables, Matt DiMedetto finished 15th. Stuart Friesen finished 13th. Uh, Todd Majeski finished 11th. And uh, I think that's... Uh, that's it covered on Martinsville side unless, uh, for the truck series, if you guys have anything to add to that. No, you pretty much uh, nailed it. I mean, it was a decent race. Good job. All right. Good job. So let's go to the Xfinity race. And, uh, hey, man, I want to mention Stuart Friesen. Huh? I want to mention Stewie because he – because for a guy who – you can call him a short tracker, but he's not a short. He's not much of a typical short tracker, I guess you could say. Like he runs on the dirt short tracks, but with the asphalt, he kind of, you know, he struggled for a bit. And th- I, this weekend really put him on the map for sure, despite him getting spun out and finishing thirteenth. Okay. Uh, uh, Stewart getting wrecked. Yeah, I guess he he either spun or somebody helped him out in the spin, but he rallied back for a 13th. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's always a lot of contact in Martinsville. Now, I, I, while we're talking about Stuart Friesen, I do know that he tested a cup car at Bristol. And uh, so, uh, you know, he's he's the only driver, I believe, that's laid down any laps uh, in the in the uh, cup series at, at, at Bristol in this new car. So... Um, I wish that we had gotten uh, a rundown of exactly what he felt about the car or anything um, like that. That was I actually bad. have news on that. We can cover in the next half hour. Awesome, sounds good. All right, so Ty Gibbs straight off the bat, fine fifteen thousand dollars. We'll talk about that uh, in the black flag segment. Of course, the reason why he was fined is because well, we're supposed to keep it PG, but you all know how I feel about it. He was a P.U., you know, for uh, keeping his uh, helmet on in a boxing match. Now, it's fine to have a boxing match. There's nothing nothing wrong with going to a boxing match and having a race breakout. Like, uh, we love that, okay? But, but when you keep your helmet on and you deliberately throw punches in somebody else's face, you're kind of, uh, you want to place the blame on the guy who took his helmet off, but, but really, but really, that guy walked into his space, so um, kind of, kind of, kind of seemed. Uh, I don't know what's a good word here, guys. Come on. Well, it was it was a it was a, a less than stellar move on his part. I mean, if you're going to go in, I mean, he looked gonna, like an idiot. You're going to confront somebody. Take your helmet off. 
But I do have to laugh because Sam um, Sam Mayer said he hit like a his punches were weak, but but by the looks of Mayer's face, those those punches landed. Well, <laughs> so what, what was that saying from Tony Stewart? If you're gonna fight like a man, take your helmet off. Well, there's right. another one. There's another one by John Wayne. If you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. And apparently, Ty Gibbs wasn't tough. No, I am pretty smart. I mean, you know, he he got in some licks. Now he looks, uh, you know, first of all, it's very, it's always impressive when a rich kid can fight. Um, so I'm, I'm, in a way, I'm kind of impressed with the black eye. But if you'll notice, he also scratched the guy. It's not that he hit him so hard that he made him bleed. Literally two minutes, two seconds, two two milliseconds after landing two pretty good punches, he goes in and actually claws the eye. Uh, that, my friend, is a bitch move. Uh, but uh, so I should say, Drew Lane. <laughs> no, and I, I mean, did 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 his grandson spoil the flavor? of a win in the Xfinity series, especially by a driver like Brandon Jones, who I am so glad went for it, right? I mean, nobody gives a damn about your career, Brandon Jones, but you and your family, okay? You go for that win and you wreck the grandson of of your team of your team guy because you know why? You're not gonna finish your career at Joe Gibbs Racing any damn way. So you get as many wins as you can in that competitive car. Does anybody disagree with what I just said? No, I agree with you 110%. No, I don't agree. I mean, Brandon Jones has never been memorable at all, really. I always question how he ended up with Joe Gibbs. So it was the right move on for Brandon Jones to, uh, to, to get that win at all costs. Heck yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Do what you got to do to bring home the victory. Because ain't nobody going to remember your name if you don't. Exactly. Nobody remembers who finished his second. For himself already. But Ty Gibbs is also the grandson of Joe Gibbs. We wouldn't know who the hell Ty Gibbs is if he was if he was Tommy Baldwin's son. You know, I mean, you just you just – you already have an upper hand. We ain't going to sit here and talk about privilege because uh, that's politics and that's a different show. But uh, he definitely, he's definitely got a golden spoon in his mouth. And uh, some of those guys at the top, those four seats, uh, they got to be getting antsy. Somebody's going to go here because Ty's going to be moved up to the cup level. And uh, that's probably going to be how it, you know, this is going to be a learning lesson for that kid. So I mean I want I want I want everybody to know right here that I may dislike his actions so far and I may think that he's a spoiled ass little kid, but he could turn into a pretty badass race car driver. I remember a kid who I thought was spoiled, but come to find out he really wasn't spoiled. Uh, that that was uh, our our favorite one to beat on, Mr. Kyle Busch, the Candyman. Uh, as y'all know, over the years I have gained a lot more respect for the Candyman, and. Uh, you know, I respect the fact that he's one hell of a driver. Can I say the same down the road about Ty Gibbs? Most certainly I can. Do I think he's a spoiled brat right now who's had a golden spoon put in his mouth and got the best of equipment in a series that his grandfather's dominated for the last 10 seasons? Yeah, so he's got everything in his favor right now. Now, the problem is, is who are you going to unseat? 
at Joe Gibbs Racing. Because one of those guys up there, they're going to lose their ride. Hamster or Truex. Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be Danny Hamlin. Yeah, I mean, and Kyle Busch could even leave. We don't know the future of Kyle Busch. How much longer mm, he's going to do I wouldn't think Kyle Busch just yet. I mean, yeah, he's an owner, but he's right up with Joe Gibbs because of the whole, you know, KBM moves up to Joe Gibbs anyways in the whole Toyota thing. So I wouldn't say – I would say Bush out of the three right now because Bell is still young and still has um, some room to grow. Um, I do. I would believe that you would put Kyle Bush as your last driver of those three, unless Bush makes the move first, which would shock everybody. If Bush has to bring, if Bush has to bring the money to the table, Taz, then he might as well go do his own damn thing, right? So it's up to Joe Gibbs to find that replacement sponsor for Kyle Busch. Because if not, then Kyle Busch can basically go wherever he wants to go. Why? Because he's bringing his own money. So it's very critical at this point in time for Kyle Busch. We should know by May really the real future of Kyle Busch. Now, when we saw Ally come to replace Lowe's, it was already known that Ally was only – they were the farewell, farewell tour. You know, and Ally was going going to uh, run off of that and extend their their sponsorship to the next driver, and they did that. And so, you know, that that's the last real big sponsor that's come into one of these major teams uh, that, uh, that that has the pulling power, such as a, a, an M and M does. So, you know, we're losing one of our iconic sponsors here, and they're hard to replace. If Kyle Busch has to make that money himself, then uh, th- then I can see you know Kyle possibly going somewhere else. Uh, being that, uh, who knows, the atmosphere may change once uh, some of these younger kids are actually uh, running the nest there at, at Joe Gibbs Racing. So we got a little bit off subject there with the Xfinity Racing as we talked about uh, uh, Kyle Busch. And, of course, you know, Kyle ran in the truck series. Uh, it's crazy he's not having the success in the truck series that we've seen in the past. But So there at the end, I think it was a three, wasn't a three wide or something pass. And... Uh, Ty Gibbs, I guess, wound up in a mess. Him and Jamera. How about the big one? Did y'all see the big one? Yeah, the parking lot party. Oh, parking lot bro too. Again, the parking lot people missed to come out on the track. I did not see people in glowing vests trying to park the cars the right way. <laughs> Absolute classic there, I promise you. Uh, so, yeah, parking lot pimping. Uh, on the back stretch, I believe it was. Um, but uh, so Dale Jr., uh, we'll talk about him real quick. He come out of retirement, raced one race. He looked pretty, pretty, pretty bad all race. I think he even got wrecked by his, uh, I guess, teammate is what you'll call it. Uh, he does own the cars. Um, so at least, uh, at least Earnhardt did finish in front of Josh Berry. Josh Berry did not have a good. Uh, a good weekend this weekend. It's unfortunate. Um, but uh, uh, I guess some of the other notables is Jesse Ouija did not race this weekend in the 34 machine. Kyle Weatherman was the wheelman there. Um, but uh, so the top 10, Brendan Jones, Landon Castle, A.J. Allmendinger, solid finish, man. He's not the favorite for the championship. I don't know. Austin Hill, Sam Mayer, Riley Herb. 
Ryan Truix, Ty Gibbs, Ryan Sieg, and Jeremy Clements rounded out your top ten. The Pasta Boy, notable, finished 14th. Weatherman finished 16th. Josh Berry, 19th. And uh, Justin Algier, a, a shady 29th place there after uh, after an early outing. So, Natalie Decker, she was on the uh, in the Xfinity field. She finished 35th. So, um, that's the Xfinity Series news as we move to the Cup side. Uh, who wants to bat at this one? Because I'm sure it's a topic that we'll hear here in just a few minutes. Boy, oh boy, it was a snooze fest. Come on, guys. Well, we promised. I uh, said we weren't going to make tonight a snooze fest. So, but we can we can try Sorry our best. For snoring. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to run over. I'll run over the results here in a minute. I mean, it was pretty much follow the leader all night long. Um, and if you were a Hendrick, if you were a Hendrick driver, well, you were the lucky. You were the lucky four leaders. Uh, William Byron. William Byron, of course, won the race. Joey Logano finished second. Austin Dillon finished third. Uh, he started 23rd, by the way. Ryan Blaney finished fourth. He started 12th. Um, Ross Chastain, that guy, I'm telling you, he has had five top five finishes in six races. So, uh, you know, he started 27th. Kurt Busch finished sixth. Kyle Busch finished seventh. Eighth was Eric Almarola. Ninth was Chase Briscoe. Uh, Tenth was Chase Elliott. Um, A.J. Allmendinger finished 24th. Uh, Harrison Burton. I don't know what they're going to do with him. They got to do something with him. He finished 26th. The hamster Denny Hamlin last week's winner finished 28th, and uh, that was pretty much it of the notables. Uh, Denny Hamlin did not have a good weekend, and I don't know what he's going to do to. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do to turn around his season. Denny Hamlin did not. 11. Well, I mean, he's a- he needs he's got he a needs, win, so. No, hold on. You know what he needs? He needs his hamster wheel replaced. I tell you, it's rough being a car owner, right? And he's going out there, and he's a car owner. He's going in one meeting, stepping out of that meeting, and going straight to another meeting. Um, it's not very fun. It can't be fun, no, especially when you're not he said that in an interview last week. They asked, I was listening to it on, on Sirius, and they asked him what a typical day is like for him. And he says, well, he goes, I go into one meeting, and I congratulate the guys for a job well done on one side. He says, and then I go into another room, and a bunch of those same guys are there. He goes, and I'm ripping them apart for a job not well done. He says, so it's, it's honestly, a, he goes, it's a double-edged sword. So... You know, but he's got one win, but if he's not careful, I mean, just like a bunch of these other one-race winners, they can find themselves out of the championship hunt at uh, when it comes hey, time. How do you this. separate being a car owner versus being a driver? And, and, and on the same team, how do you separate being a grandfather from a race car owner? I mean, there's so many things juggling here. 
at, at between these organizations and their and their partnerships. Uh, it's uh, it's it's kind of uh, it won't take much to rock to to rock this boat, right? Well, you have no, well in order for you to. In order for guys to do multiple roles in one sport, you have to know where the battle lines are drawn. So essentially, in Joe Gibbs' case, he has to know where the line is drawn for him to be a grandfather and where the line is drawn for him to be the team owner. He can approach Ty Gibbs and say, you should be driving like this for being a team owner. Now, in terms of... um, in terms of something else, that's where the grandfather part is. But Joe Gibbs should draw the line as, okay, we show up to the racetrack. We, I can be a grandfather, but at the same time, I have to remember, I'm a, I'm a car owner for him, so I have to act as the car owner and move the family lines out of, out of the way. And for Hamlin, he doesn't have the family lines, but Hamlin's got um, – Hamlin just has to figure out where the difference is between a driver and an owner. And I and I'm sure it's difficult on him, but he's got to find that fine line. Yeah, it's but, definitely one there that they that he's going to have to follow. Unfortunately, the last guy that had something similar to this, he didn't live very long uh to see his uh his race team and I, and I speak of Dale Earnhardt when I say that because you know the glory years of DEI were only after he passed. So, um, but all that that happened in the years after he passed was uh, uh, the hard work and the payoff uh, from building that organization uh, from the ground up. And I think Denny needs to give the keys to somebody that can take care of that stuff for him on the weekend. He can be boss man during the weekday, but when it comes to weekend, he needs to be focused on driving. Uh, that FedEx uh, number 11 car and winning a championship. I'm, I'm, it's not going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame, but uh, you know, if if Denny wants to be remembered as a champion, uh, it's important that he wins a championship. Um, you know, William Byron. Okay, I made a prediction last year that William Byron was going to have more wins at Hendrick Motorsport uh, than any than anybody at Hendrick. I was wrong last year. Kyle Larson went on a tear, and then Alex Bowman, I think, was this, went the second winningest driver in the organization. So it wasn't even Willie B. Uh, this is our only our first time this year that we've had a second time winner. Willie B. takes the Raptor Chevrolet. Has anybody gotten any information on why the hell we seen a silver wrapped car that said Raptor on it? And no contingency sponsors or anything like that. Just a badass, I guess, looking Camaro, I guess you could say. And even though I'm not a Chevy fan, uh, and he literally stomped ass on the field. Uh, can anybody explain this to me? Was that was is that as staged as NASCAR can get? I'm not throwing any conspiracies out, but uh, those guys unloaded off that holler to win, and by God, that's exactly what they did. How about you, Willie B? Yeah, I've not. I looked, and I couldn't really see anything on the uh, what the Raptor is. So I don't know if Taz can. If I don't know if Taz I'm can find it. I'm currently working on it right now. I'm currently look, working on it right now. Raptor Coatings is the company, um, primarily primarily going by Raptor. 
Um, they were originally um, with their feature of their branding. They the sponsor, which is Raptor, obviously. They wanted to have a textured charcoal design with bright green details. Hmm. That was what they right. wanted, and that's why the car looks like the way it does. Okay. Right. So, so this is not far from the twenty-four. We've seen this before with Dupont, uh, with, because they, you know, if you know how big Dupont is, Dupont is a major. They, they are a huge corporation. They got their hands in almost anything especially when it comes to chemicals, paint, and so forth. So this is not that big of a surprise now that I find out that this is a type of liner, I believe that you're saying, a coating, like a like a bed liner type, or, or just a liner, period, like anything. I guess um, it could be I'm either. I'm up what Raptor is. Raptor coating. Yeah. Wow. So it's the a coating. Okay, they coated my heart so, this weekend with that pen with Willie B. So, Raptor they coating is, so, hold on. Raptor coating, essentially kind of like um, a coating shield for, like, your vehicle or, like, your truck bed, depending on where you want it. Right. Okay. They also do special liners. Okay. All right. So, that's what they did. And they bought up, uh, they t- talk about the right weekend to advertise your product, right? Holy heck. Um, and I'm well, surprised I used that, that the addition has covered not been the car as, and covered the track. So, I mean, my gosh, you know, and I, I'm surprised that it took this much digging up to find out what Raptor meant. Uh, I, I guess it was just uh, something I may have overlooked during uh, the race weekend until, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Willie B rolls his way into victory lane in dominant fashion. Now, do we say Willie B dominated the race? Because I do remember a Martinsville race a few years ago where I believe Martin Truex Jr. kind of stunk up the show. It's not the dun, worst dun, 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 Yeah, right? I mean, y'all all remember that, right? I mean, I think it was a few more cautions or something like that in that race. I was, but literally, Martin, Martin, he was Martin at Martinsville, right? I mean, that was uh, – he put down a whole lot of laps, led most of I think that was a 500-lap event at the time. So, you know, this was a 400-lap race. Uh, was his tad bit shorter, which is something that we need to get into well, here in just a second. Chris kind of led into my stat of the day. That's why I kind of sang what I sang. Okay, so we'll get to it. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. There we... All right. That's what I was waiting for. So, stat of the day. You mentioned William Byron dominated. Out of the 400 laps... Those ran. There were only four cautions for 36 laps, five lead changes. Now, before we get into the green flag passes, this will lead. This is where we're going to make the connection of stat of the day with William Byron. William Byron led 212 of the 400 laps. Chase Elliott led 185. Then the other two leaders, because there's only four leaders. The four and the other two leaders were Ryan Blaney, who led five, and Austin Dillon, the rhinestone cowboy, led one single lap. So, if you take the number of laps William Byron and Chase Elliott led, that's essentially about 95 to 98%. 
of the last ninety eight point five percent. Ninety eight point five percent of the race, which is the highest average ever in a NASCAR race. Hendrick was also the first team to lead 10,000 laps at any given track. As an organization, though, right? That's what I yeah. said, Hendrick. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's impressive. That's impressive in and of itself as well because, I mean, not only did they dominate the race, but they've pretty much owned that track in the last 15 years, 20 years. 1,233 green flag passes that averaged out to 3.4 per green flag lap. <clears throat> Wanted to throw that out there, too. I don't know if that's a big number or not, but that average doesn't look very promising for a Martinsville race. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't see very many people in the stands. They oh, One of the things that I have to while we're still talking about cupping in transition here, how in the heck can you run out of Martinsville hot dogs like 20 laps into the cup race? That's ridiculous. All right. So uh, let's get right on into the hot topic. If there's a if there's a certain content creator, he probably ate about, I would say about 40 or 50 of them. I don't know if it would be in one day, but I would give it at least two. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, they're only $2, so he literally only spent $100. Well, he must have had a nice little stomachache afterward. <laughs> you hear Ned Jarrett oh, say it's more a little. That's the nice way to say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off in the hot topics we go. Uh, next Janet Short Tracks and Denny Hamlin's comment. Obviously, next-gen at short tracks has not had a very good record. I think we've all discussed that and agree that there's something that, got, that has got to give. But Denny Hamlin's comments are the ones that, uh, that I find the most that, uh, it, that needs to be discussed. Denny Hamlin says, throw this entire car away and rebuild it completely, or we're never going to fix short track racing. Do you guys really believe that that's, it's that severe? Are we that far off, or was there likely several situations that happened that created uh, this uh, type of racing that we've seen at Martinsville in the Cup race because uh, you know I'm not I'm not ready to push the panic button yet on this new car at these short tracks. I wouldn't go that extreme just yet. I mean, how many short track races have we done? If you take out the class, what two? Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, Phoenix is not considered, but we all have to consider Phoenix. But so I mean. I wouldn't go that extreme. I would think that they may have to look into maybe like the, um, I don't want to say the horsepower package or whatever, but maybe. Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not really sure, which is weird because these next gen cars, and Craig and Chris, if you want to look up what a NASCAR Pinty Series car is, if you don't remember what it is off the top of your head. To me, that's what they look like for the most part. So it shocks me because the Pinty Series cars run great on short tracks. So I figured when the Cup Series cars were kind of, you know, modeling off of that, I guess you could say, I thought 
that we would see some good short track racing. We haven't, which is weird. So maybe they need like a short, like a real short tracker to kind of test the car more and see what they can do. So maybe change something. Bigger the car, the more the grip, right? I mean, that's that's what's going on. The the differentials, uh, the gearing. They were having a shift, which is something that we'll talk about. Um, um, Of course, cold temperatures at the racetrack. Goodyear still trying to figure out what type of tire they're actually bringing and not trying to mess up and bring a really bad tire like they have been embarrassed uh, about in the past. Uh, As we think about, you know, Indy, of course, being one of the worst ones. I believe there's been another one here recently uh, that, that that had some complications with a tire a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, it's really, it's a, it's a factor of a lot of things. I think it also factors in on these guys haven't gotten used to how to race this car yet. And uh, You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the move to 750 horsepower was not the right idea. Craig, what do I know you know NASCAR, I know NASCAR keeps praising this car. But what did you what do you expect them to do? They're not going to come out of the box and say, "Well, this was a failed experiment." I kind of, I don't know. I kind of think maybe Denny's upset because he's used to doing better. I mean, not last year because he pretty much sucked up until he needed to be good. Um, so it was going to hurt him long run. Um. Part of that might be because now he's a team owner and he's seeing that this performance is uh, not indicative to what he knows one of his car, one of his drivers can do. So I, I wonder if part of that is the team owner aspect or if it's 100% driver. you know what I mean, Chris? Tess? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can see it. I can see it on both sides, and the frustration that uh, obviously Toyota is not performing. I think that's something we'll find out in power rankings. Uh, this is supposed to be one of the top three powerhouse teams in the uh, in the Cup division, and I think a few of us have them outside the top five. So uh, obviously, there's some frustration going on there with Toyota. We've not seen Toyota run this bad in the Cup series since uh, Joe Gibbs has been there. So. Um, you know, there's definitely tracks where they're completely missing it. Um, and it's, it's without a doubt, it's, it's very noticeable. And when you have championship drivers like Kyle Busch, like Martin Truex Jr., like uh, Kurt Busch, um, and the experience of Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bells, you expect performance. Uh, you, you, Bubba Wallace is a question mark. You know, he, he, we're not sure if, he's, if he can – failed the saddle. Uh, obviously, to this point, he's not been able to, except for at Talladega. So, um, you know, and that's just the way some drivers are. Some of them have really good uh, super speedway racing skills, and they, they're they not that great at some of the other tracks. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll be able to classify Bubba Wallace as a great super speedway racer. But as of right now, he is definitely uh, at the very back of the bus uh, with uh, – <laughs> Uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that. Uh, with the, um, 
with the Toyota drivers. So um, uh, he's definitely the one that's performing uh, probably the worst uh, w- without a high ceiling. You know, of course, Denny Hamlin's performing horrible. I think he's somewhere in the 30th in the points, right, guys? Uh, but he's uh, he's definitely struggling uh, at the wheel. So, you know, his uh, his height chart is a little bit higher than what maybe a Bubba Wallace uh, would have. Um, so, no, Denny Hamlin, is, your comments are wrong. I feel that way. I'm glad to hear you guys think the, the same as well. Um, you know, I'm struggling here as we move to our next topic. Ty Gibbs and the Sam Mayer fight. Vegan. Because we've already – Vegan. Huh? Deegan's comment. Oh, Deegan? Okay, that's not on the itinerary. So uh, we need to make sure that that's a, I'm reading directly off of there, guys. So let's get to the Deegan comment. Um, uh, tells she NASCAR why it needs a major change to Cup Series. And, and I'll, I can't wait to argue this one. Go ahead, Taz. Bring it to the table. So Craig brought an article in, and he can, he can really kick it off, but... I just want to oh, it talk, is talk about it. Sorry. I thought, I, thought, okay, I, want, but I want to mention it, too, but Craig can pretty much lead us off with it. But Negan's saying that the, she thinks that the races should be shorter instead of so long uh, on bet, the cup side. Can you say that one more time really fast? She wanted – she mentioned something about the cup races not being so long and making them shorter. Craig brought up the article, yeah. so this is why I want to get Craig to lead us <laughs> off on. Okay. Great. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, she wants the cup races to be short. She wants these races to be shorter. I don't get yeah. why. She's going to crash out of the stupid thing anyway. Why? Yeah. So she can just crash out 50 laps sooner? I mean, <laughs> learn how to race. And you won't have a problem. Did well, she bite off more? She, did she bite off more than she could chew with this, with racing full time? It could be. Is she is she opening her mouth because she thinks that, um, you know, she can be the the next female version of Kyle Busch? Quite possibly. She might just want to um, keep her comments to herself and learn how to pilot a vehicle first. And then well, open your mouth. She she made a thing on Twitter. The reason why she said, it, and I could, and she made the, she made a valid point. I'm not fully agreeing with her, but I'm not fully disagreeing either. I'm kind of in the middle. She did make the point where if NASCAR's trying to keep on going with this younger generation, not only in the drivers but in like the fan perspective too. The younger generation's intention span isn't for as long as they make these races. So if you make them shorter, you'll get their attention span and you'll have it all fully and whatnot. Now, there is an extent to where I can see this. This is where I kind of disagree with her. Because I feel like some races, like the big milestone races type deal, should not be shortened at all. You'll leave them alone. And those races specifically I'm talking about are like the Daytona 500, the the Coke 600 the Memorial Day Southern weekend, um, Darlington Southern 500, the um, Martinsville. The, no, well Martinsville you can shorten up. It do, I don't think it needs to be that long. Um, but 
um, at least one of the Talladega races. I think it's the Talladega 500. I think it's the spring one. Chris, the Geico Geico 500. It used to be the um, Aaron's 499, the Geico 500. I'm not sure what they are now, but uh, it, it's also been known as the Talladega 500, the spring but, race, yes. But some of these some of these tracks and races don't need to be as long. Like, we don't really need 500 miles at Atlanta. We don't really need 500 miles at Michigan, or we don't really need 500 miles at, say, like, um, Pocono. Uh, yeah. Like, we could like we could really shorten the length of these races to, Damn. like, 200 miles, per se, just to you throw know, here's what NASCAR number. should worry about. Here's what NASCAR should worry about. Not the length of the race. I just put this in the. I just put this in the in, our, in our chat thread. Speak the gospel, Craig. Please. NASCAR needs to worry about putting butts in seats. When we turn on the television and we look at a track like Martinsville, like Daytona, like Atlanta, and we don't see every seat sold out, NASCAR has got a bigger problem than the length of the stupid race. Preach it. Preach it. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you why. Australia had 126,000 people in their stands for first practice. For first practice. Formula. So, I mean, we need to get away from it. I know there's going to be, you know, there'll be some people that disagree with me. And that's okay. That's You're, you're allowed to be wrong. Um. But so I'm allowed to be right. Yes, so, of course. Yeah, if you us. want to agree with me, then I love you. <laughs> but I agree, race length plays into it. But you know what? You know what you're going for. If you can't give up the time to sit at a race and watch it, you know what you're buying tickets for. You know, I'm the first to admit. How many of us are busy? How many of us are you know? we're listening to it on Sirius or we're watching it on TV, but we're cooking dinner. We're playing with the kids, but we're at least playing. We're at least paying attention. When you go to the race, you're paying for a ticket to be there. Oh my God. To be there. Oh my God. Chris, you're going to Talladega next weekend, right? And, and, And yeah, yeah. You know how much money we have to have before we even leave the house? I mean, seriously, right. this is an investment every year. We have we have five hundred dollars tied up just in tickets and reservations. Yes. You know, so that's before just, we I don't even, know what it costs to you for parking the for the race. Four dollars gallon Joe Biden gas. Yeah. I, was I don't gas. know what it's costing you for parking in the of race. Gas. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! When you say gas around here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a good park I don't know what sound. I don't know what it's costing you for for parking at the track, but uh, we have to, I can to tell you what like it's forty bucks. Yeah, I can't. Uh, you know, the the Daytona parking was astronomical. Man, you know? we pay for fifty dollars tickets and spend more trying to get parked than we do for the tickets to see two races. Exactly. Exactly. But you know NASCAR's got to do something. Um, they've got to do something because it's it's deplorable. Uh, whether it's what whether is deplorable? It's, Where are you going with that? 
the fact that, that, that there's a whole generation that wants to shorten races, I'm with you, Craig Moore. Do not – you know what? You can do whatever you want to do in your living room. Nobody sits here and watches every down of a football game if it's really not your team, okay? So, you know, there's certain races out of the year that are not really your favorite. You're not going to watch every corner, every move, every, you know, every damn commercial – like you said, Craig, you're gonna you're gonna fire up the grill. You're gonna help your wife uh, fold some socks or whatever it may be on that Sunday afternoon that it is that you have to do. You're gonna get it done when you're still uh, paying attention to the race. But for those fans that pay that mighty dollar to go there, they deserve every practice. They deserve every every uh, uh, flyover, every uh, 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 national anthem song, and they definitely deserve every lap that they paid for. Uh, you cannot take uh, a place like Talladega and, and, and keep the fan base there that, that shows up to that track religiously and tell us we're going to have fun with a 400-lap race. We're all going to leave there at 3.30 in the afternoon saying, what the hell? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, because the last 100 laps is the most exciting at Talladega. But Haley Deegan has, you know, look, it's every kid. They come in, they grow up, and now all of a sudden they think that they know the better way to do things. Do I think that it would change NASCAR in any way, uh, making it more appealable to kids by shorting the races? Hell no. Seven-inning doubleheaders didn't bring more people to baseball. Okay, so why the heck would I think that taking a race and cutting laps out of it is going to be better? And Kevin Harvick, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, I want to check his temperature, but but I digress. All right, so what segment are we up to? Because I think we got a tad bit off track. We're still, we still, we, we, we still got. No, 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 no. We're right on track. So the Ty Gibbs yeah, Sam got, Mayer we still fight. We one more black flag, checker flag type um, thing, Chris. You had the next one. Yeah, it was uh, the Ty Gibbs Sam Mayer fight, I believe. But you know, uh, we've we've spoken a lot on that already, uh, from the helmet to. Wearing the helmet to the fine that, that was given to Ty Gibbs. Well, here's, let's here's, be, let's, let's, here's one thing I want to say about that, Chris. You find him, right? He didn't lose no yeah. points. Yeah. He didn't lose no points. And that I find to be bull. I won't finish it. Right. But I find that to be a bunch of BS. He should have lost He should have lost points. Right. Um, I agree. What he did was dangerous. Uh, on the track, you want to you want to throw punches with a helmet on. That's one thing. That's your you know, like Bobby Brown said, it's his prerogative. But uh, you want to you want to come up and bash somebody in the rear end, knowing that there's other cars on the track and you're causing damage not only to your car, you don't care because Grandpa pays the bail bill, but to somebody else's yeah. car. That's, that's why I got a problem. That driver, right for his stupidity. You know. Right. That's they, what you're saying, right, Craig? What's that? It's not penalizing Ty Gibbs at all because his granddad's going to pay the fine. Exactly. So without you know the de- taking the points away, then you, then really, I mean, what he did was ridiculous. You don't you don't wreck people on pit road. You wreck them out there on the yeah. racetrack. But when there's a lot of people around, uh, you're putting other other lives in danger. When somebody's already exited the vehicle, he could have had his belt off. We've seen this time and time again, and NASCAR's never had a problem before. Of throwing uh, uh, points penalties down uh, for for uh, actions detrimental to to stock car racing, um, you know, junking up your car for your pit crew after a solid day, you know that that sounds pretty ridiculous as well. So, uh, you know, obviously 
Um, on the Sam Mayer side, you know, he's going to have to stand up for himself. And, uh, you know, hey, look, it was $100,000 on the line. Uh, it would take me and Craig have both admitted we'd wreck our mama uh, to win one of these races. So, I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, there's, there's no debating that, you know, Sam Mayer uh, could have done anything different. Just be able to take what you dish. If you can take what you dish, then you'll make yourself stronger. Uh, Ty Gibbs will make himself stronger by this if he really understands where he went over. He admitted, I snapped. So, you know, that's, uh, that, that takes a grown man to, to admit your mistake, and uh, we'll see how he's able to move on from that. But if you're going to sit out there and wreck people, you better be able to, to take getting wrecked your damn self. Uh, let's move to the next uh, topic, um, which is uh, as shifting at Martinsville. Uh, I think that this had a, one of those small reasons uh, for this race being like luster. Uh, any comments, guys, about shifting at Martinsville? Uh, there is no quick fix to this. No, I kind of, it, it added, I mean, Bubba Wallace kind of said it. it he's got to be, he's now an octopus in the car, um, you know, between brake bias and, and and shifting and steering with one hand. <laughs> you know, welcome to the Sunday drive on I-70. Welcome to the daily drive on I-75 between uh, Fort Myers and Naples. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's you, right. you're doing it. You're racing. It's it's not. Uh, you got to do it and just learn to live with it. Right. Uh, Taz, shifting at Martin. What was the question again, Chris? Shifting at Martinsville. What's your comment? Is there saving Martinsville? No, shifting no, at Martinsville. Shifting. Shifting at oh, should you shift in Martinsville? The only thing you should be shifting in Martinsville is high gear, low gear. Yeah, well, that's what they were, but it's between second and third. Um, but they shouldn't really be shifting at all. Uh, that's what they're not used to. They're not used to shifting at Martinsville. Believe it or not, they used to just run a, a low enough gear. I believe second gear was probably the highest gear that they went into. Um, now I believe they're somewhere between second and third gear. At Martinsville, um, you know, yeah, it makes I, me wonder. Hold on, it makes me wonder. Right? It makes me wonder if the if part of the alterations of the next gen car is what's upsetting the drivers from shifting with Martinsville because um, I know if you do your setups with the other cars, you can set up the gearing perfectly for short tracks where you're not really shifting at all, if any, if right. anything, right. but, um, but it makes me wonder if, if you, if you do a setup or change something with the next gen car, that teams are going to be like, well, we might get docked for this crap. Right. Good point, Ted. Uh, last but not least, uh, Kyle Bush comments about dirt racing coming up. Of course, Bristol dirt races the second year. Uh, Bush is kind of riding what uh, what Richard Petty said last year in March that we were making a step backwards going back to dirt track racing. Um, my opinion with that, guys, is um, I think dirt racing is cool for NASCAR. I enjoyed every truck race at Eldora. Bristol's not the place for it. Let's go to Eldora uh, or a place that can uh, that can uh, you know you know a motor true, uh, Speedway a or true, Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. True well-banked dirt track 
I mean, Bristol's well banked, but it's not a true dirt track. Knoxville was a great was a good attempt, but uh, it didn't really play out as as entertaining as I would have thought. Right, right. Go back to Eldora. It was great there. Let's run a cup race at Eldora. Forgive Tony Stewart for creating the SRX series because we know that's the only reason why we went the route that we did. Um, bring back uh, Eldora and let the cup cars be there. Now it's time for our checker flag, black flag. Uh, my checker flag uh, of the weekend, of course, is uh, Willie B. Is he breaking out? Is he finally becoming the Willie B that I thought he could be? William Byron, I think that you you deserve the checker flag this weekend. You didn't just do it once. You've done it twice. You won this weekend. Um, I've always been a Willie B fan uh, because he was the kid that, uh, you know, seven years ago was racing on iRacing just with a dream that maybe one day he could, uh, he could you know, not ever really believing that it could happen. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it's powerful to have a guy like uh, William Byron in the Cup Series being successful. Um, my black flag uh, goes to Dale Jr. Uh, for thinking, for uh, really thinking that you can be retired now for seven years, jump in a car, and think that you're going to go win the damn race. Come on, man. Yeah, I agree. Um, Greg? I agree. I think uh, kudos to William Byron. You know, he showed that, uh, you know, he's got what it takes to be where he's at. Um, Is that your checker? I think, flag, black flag? I think, yeah, I think he's a big, I think he's a big, um, I think he's a big title contender. I think you're going to have to watch for him. I don't think he's going to peter out. Um, right. You know, um, black flag. I have to give it to uh, – I have to actually give it to NASCAR for not uh, being tougher on Ty Gibbs. And a lot of that has to do with they don't want to upset coach. Well, you know what? You're not teaching that boy any lessons if you don't, uh, if you don't penalize him. So my black, my black flag goes to uh, NASCAR. Taz. My checker flag, flag is going to be Ty – my checker flag is going to be Ty Gibbs getting punched in the mouth. Go fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and your black uh, flag? Black flag is going to be the uh, the missing parking lot people that couldn't because obviously we had parking lot brawl not go out the right go on the right way. Cars didn't park the right way on the track. So I, I, I want to feed off your checkered flag, uh, Ty Gibbs. Way to way to bring some excitement to the NASCAR weekend. I can agree with you there that no matter what, everybody knew about the Ty Gibbs, John, Sam Ayer uh, uh, situation. So thank you, kudos, checker flag to Ty Gibbs, because without him, nobody would have even known we raced this weekend. So uh, I'll piggyback off of that one as well uh, as we go into our 8 o'clock segment. First of all, guys, we want to remind you all that we are a live podcast at this point in time. So if you're listening to us live, we thank you so much for being a huge supporter of Race Chat Live. But if you are listening to us by podcast, and this is maybe Tuesday late night or early morning Wednesday morning, or maybe it's Thursday or Friday uh, before the weekend starts, uh, we thank you for uh, listening to us on one of our top podcast uh, providers. Maybe it's Spotify. Maybe it's iHeartRadio. Uh, maybe it's uh, Apple Tune, uh, iTunes, or it could be uh, 
uh, Google Podcast, Spreaker, uh, Google Podcast, Spreaker, right? Whole, YouTube, or even on YouTube, right? So, so there's many, many ways to connect to this show, and we appreciate you for listening and uh, being a part uh, of of our show each week at Race Chat Live. We're we're growing our numbers. We're trying to bring better content, and uh, we've got the right people in place uh, to make that happen. Uh, so uh, let's move to the power ranking. Sorry about that. Power ranking segment. Now, this has been a kind of a popular segment. It's kind of taken some time. Uh, w- what we'll do is we'll highlight the 10 teams that are in our power ranking section. Um, you know, and, and to be honest with you guys, there's, it's so, so tight right now. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, it's really hard to make judgments uh, as to who is actually better than who because – you know, right now we're sitting with Trackhouse with a win, and uh, Penske does not. So does that make Trackhouse better than Penske? You know, I, I'm not sure how to judge that. Or we have RCR, who's got more second-place finishes uh, right now than uh, any other team, I believe, uh, maybe outside of Hendrick. Uh, so um, that's, a, you know, that's a, that's a heavy weight to carry. Does that mean that RCR is really second in the power rankings? I mean, it's it's really tough right now trying to decide. And this is exactly what we wanted, though. This is exactly where we are, where we wanted it to be, uh, with with uh, these race teams being close together. And we have two power players, uh, Track House and Petty GMS, and well, three of them in twenty three eleven. These all are new teams. Uh, that are, uh, you know, uh, growing into uh, powerhouse race teams as they start to, you know, grow within the series. Um, uh, I think, you know, do, I guess we start at the 10 spot. Uh, well, Taz, have you got... Yep, we're... I am currently working on um, listing them all out there. They are averaged out uh, properly. So... Um, we'll kind of quickly run through 16 through 11. I don't think anything much has changed since then, since from the last time we did uh, power rankings. So mm-hmm. from 16, staying at 16 from the last time is Live Fast Motorsports owned by BG McLeod and Matt Tiff. That's the 78 car. Um, Rick Ware Racing is number 15. They stayed there from the last time. Uh, Spire was 14 the last time. They are remaining there once again. Front Row Motorsports, that's the 34 and 38 car, two-car tandem team. They were 13 last time. They are 13 once again. At number 12 is JTG. They were number 12 the last time. And at number 11, they stay there. They were at this ranking the last time. That is Colleague Racing there at number 11. So breaking into... I want to argue that Colleague Racing has a certain driver there that really should rank them higher than the two other teams that they're in front of. But unfortunately, that driver is not in a full-time season. And until we see that driver, particularly speaking about uh, A.J. Allmendinger at a road course, we're going to have to continue to keep the colleague racing at the 11th spot just barely, just barely in front of Harrison Burton because 
obviously the Wood Brothers, who I believe is going to be coming in at number 10, Taz, they are struggling. Well, we'll get into number 10 quick, and I don't think there needs to be much explanation. But number 10 was – number 10, um, they were in this ranking last time, is the the historic 21 team of Wood Brothers. Yeah, Harrison Burton's not having a great year already. Um, struggling, uh, for sure. That's the word. Can they get it pointed in the right direction? I'm not sure because I'm not sure how much talent Harrison Burton really has. Um, so um, they're kind of where they deserve to be. Uh, I think that, uh, as I said just a minute ago, colleague Racing, uh, JPG Racing, Front Row, and even Spire, I think, have a better chance at winning certain races, uh, if not equal to, than Wood Brothers. So uh, colleague Racing definitely down the road uh, should have some pretty competitive cars um, but uh, so, uh, Kat, uh, Craig, do you have anything about the Wood Brothers that you want to add to that? No, I don't have anything. They're not. Uh, they've got to figure out something with Harrison Burton. If they don't, then you know they're going to be an afterthought, and they're going to wish that they could it, put somebody it, in there a little better. Yeah, like we don't see mid-season driver changes anymore. <laughs> do we need to bring that back? I mean, is there not somebody? Uh, that could possibly get into that Wood Brothers car and make it more competitive. Uh, I'm really that's that's the question. That's I mean, sad. Put Matty D back into it. So the only thing for me personally, why I put Wood Brothers at ten over Colleague, and I wanted to put Colleague in a top ten spot, but I wanted to. See, and we could say as much as we want about the car that has the part time drivers. Because obviously AJ Allmendinger has done done well with it. Gregson has actually ran well with the Collie car, just doesn't have the finishes to speak for it. But um, the one thing that made me put Collie under Wood Brothers is Justin Haley. I expected more out of him out of the get go, and from the class, she was looking promising. And then afterwards, it, he I haven't really heard or seen much of him. So, and plus, with the more of the super speedway style racing, like Daytona and Atlanta, uh, with how Fords are at these tracks, it was the only reason why I put Harrison Burton with Wood Brothers over Colleague. But, again, I'm waiting for Justin Haley. If he can, If he can run up there more or run better, I would definitely put them over Wood Brothers. But right now, I'm... I'm at a tot, I'm at a standstill. But moving forward to number nine, they were at number nine the last time. Is Petty GMS Racing with Ty Dillon and Eric Jones? Craig, we'll the start with you. Any Craig? We'll start with Craig. Craig, did we lose you? Yeah, sorry, I was on mute. We're at Petty GMS at number nine. Yeah, it's a good place for them. They're lucky they're in the top ten. I mean, 
we're not going to see any significant ooze. Why did we move them there until I think we get to the top seven? Yeah. Okay. You know, where they're at, where we put these guys now is about where they need to be until they start showing something that they deserve to be moved up. We've seen signs of success by Eric Jones. The, 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 what we should see clearly with GMS Petty and not trying to go too overboard here, Craig, is that one driver is capable of running up front while the other driver, we don't know where the hell he is, and they're coming out, the cars are supposedly coming out of the same garage. So uh, if that doesn't show how much talent Eric Jones has, uh, then I, I think we're all blind as Ray Charles. <laughs> well, the thing well, is, that thing is with, with Petty and Chris and Craig, you guys put them at this spot. I put them one spot higher, and we'll explain why with the next team that comes up when we get to that point. Is basically is basically Chris's explanation. So it kind of shocked me when I'm hearing the explanation and where they're ranked. It's just I'm a little shocked that they're not maybe one spot higher. But you know I love Ford, so I'm sorry. I I, I have to be biased sometimes. Moving forward to number seven, or number eight, I'm sorry. They dropped one spot from last time, so they're going from seventh to eighth in the power rankings is the Roush, Fenway, Kozlowski, RFK racing. And they're lucky they ass didn't get dropped out of the top ten. That's all I'm going to say about that, because this is bad. But I'd like to hear y'all's thoughts. Keselowski struggling. Busher, I don't know what's going on with him. I thought he would have a better run, but those two are, I don't know what's going on. Keselowski's only shining at super speedway races, if that. Um, we're lucky if we see him in the top ten like we're used to seeing. I don't know if that's because of the equipment Roush has or if they're missing or if they're behind the eight ball. Um much more so as some of these other teams. Craig. Well, I, I, I said this when he got fined three weeks ago that he was going to have a hard time digging out of this hole. And I remember one of us, I won't mention any names, <laughs> said, no, he'll be just fine. That, that, that penalty was a lot more than he, than they anticipated was going to be to get out of uh, the the hole that it created. And it's going to take them a lot to get out of it, and I don't know if they can. Um, you know, there's there's just no way that they can overcome a 100-point penalty. Um, they have to win a race, and they have to win two or three of them. Um, you know, one race we're going to see when we get towards the stretch one race, and that may not be enough to get you in the playoffs. So he's going to have to win multiple races. RFK's got to get their head out of their out of their derrieres or, you know, sayonara season, and it could be over sooner rather than later. Number seven. Yes. No, All I right. mean, I'll piggyback off of what you said real quick, but uh, I, I think it's – the, uh, it's got to be Fenway in the middle, right? Fenway has got to be the one that really cashes the checks, and he's not willing to write 
the the checks that Kislowski needs at this point in time. And you've got to have the right people in place. And if you don't have the right people in place, you're not going to have a successful organization. Roush, Roush Racing was a top-of-the-league race team. Something happened at Roush Racing. And I am fearful that if, if Keselowski cannot revive Roush Racing, nobody can. So am I ready to hit the panic button? <laughs> I, I, I've got it on my mind. Am I going to just yet? We're just going to we're going to lower them down one point. Uh, but uh, Taz, then we'll go to the next one. Taz, what, what do you have to say? I've already said what I said. Uh, I mean, I'm with you, Chris. I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet, but I would keep it on, uh, in the back of my mind, but knowing that it's there. All right. Well, somebody is hitting the panic button on this next team, I believe, that you're going to say, but we'll we'll let you get to that. Number seven, moving up one spot, is our first of two Toyota teams. That is 2311 of Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace. Yeah, Kurt Busch is the is the the the, the boat here. We're seeing um, we're seeing good surges from both cars. It's just not consistent enough. It it could be where Bubba Wallace surges in the in parts of the race. Um, Kurt Busch could have late surges um, as the race goes on. I just don't see consistency. I think that's what they're mainly lacking. But that could be Toyota as a whole, though. Right. I expected to see a different uh, Bubba Wallace because Dave Rogers was at the helm. I'm not a firm believer in Booty Barker. He wasn't a successful crew chief any other time in his career. I'm not sure why you would put a lackluster driver with a lackluster uh, type of crew chief. And I'm not – I know Booty's in a wheelchair – and that, that ain't got nothing to do with my comments about him being unsuccessful at the cup level. He's, he's, he's had mild success at Finney. And Dave Rogers, on the other hand, he's been the crew chief to some of the best drivers ever in the cup garage, including Kyle Busch. So Dave Rogers, I believe, can make a turnaround this team in the couple of weeks that Booty Barker is supposed to be out of the, out of the crew chief box. Uh, whether or not we see those results, once again, depends on a driver who's, who's, who has more mental breakdowns than positive days. And that, that's just, you know, you put out a positive tweet and then you have a mental breakdown. It's kind of, you know, get off the Xanaxes or whatever your own, Bubba Wallace. Get your head out your ass and just just drive a race car. Kurt Busch, thank you. You have proved that this team can be consistent outside of a super speedway race. So, Kurt Busch, kudos to you. You're the reason. And the only reason why we are moving the 2311 team up one for this month. Yeah, because they've not shown any. They've not shown anything to me since. Uh, you know, I thought that that Kirk coming on board would really help them. Um, I mean, it has in our rankings, but it hasn't helped them as a whole. Um, you know, I don't know what they've got to do. I don't. I I don't know. You know, I'm interested to see where everybody else is at. I mean, Kaz, I'm waiting to hear what you have to say. <clears throat> no, I don't. I think it's a good spot to move forward with our next 
<laughs> with our next no one. Comment. So, holy hell, no comment by Taz on the twenty of the success or lack thereof uh, by the twenty three eleven. Then now the next one is I, I don't know what the next one is, but I almost number wonder six. number yeah. six falling one spot. For the first time in our power rankings, they are outside of the top five. Wow. This is the lowest they've been. Joe Gibbs at number six. And just think, we had them at number two for preseason. Wow. From two to six, Greg. Yeah, well, you know, they haven't shown much uh, flashes of brilliance, so that's what happens. I mean, when you got one win amongst a, a powerhouse team, and, and it's, you know, the hamster mobile there, Denny Hamlin, uh, hey, you know, your, your star, your, one of your other star people uh, is more worried about irritating the media and telling them we need to get off of dirt and not racing, well, then I guess that's where you go. That's where you belong is number six. He's lucky he's not that further down. Interesting. That's the way to come out swinging, Craig Moore. That's the way to swing on them, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of energy that I like to see brought here because you're exactly right, my brother. You're exactly right. Joe Gibbs, quit paying attention to your grandson. Let that work itself out. You've got a driver that, that's under your stable that's more worried about his ownership in a team than he is being a driver. You've got a grand, you get, you're distracted with your grandson, and you got Kyle Busch over here who's obviously leading the, the leading the suicide mission uh, because he's he's not just bashing the car that he got out of; he's bashing the car he ain't even driven yet, which is next weekend at the Bristol Plate. So, yeah, <laughs> Craig Moore, I say you just hit a home run, brother. Well. You know, and, and I think Joe Gibbs needs to, and I was going to get to this earlier, and I we, we skipped over it because I was kind of saving it for this too, but Gibbs needs to give Denny an ultimatum. Listen, you're either going to run this car and you're going to find somebody to run your team, or we're going to take you out of this car and we'll put Ty in it and you can go run your team. Poor Christopher Bell, he's got to be sitting back Bell, like, man. Back like, man. What happened here? You know, like, I hear an echo. Now we're good. Uh, there. He's obviously the cheated one in all this. Uh, when, it, when it's all said and done, Christopher Bell, uh, speaking of Martin Truex Jr., kind of in limbo, will he retire? Will he continue on? I think the health of his girlfriend uh, has a lot to do with that decision. Um, you know, um, and Denny Hamlin, you know, it, this is probably why Hendrick went ahead and cleared house like he did, uh, so that he would, uh, be able to, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, go through the growing pains that I believe Joe Gibbs, and you've lost a lot of talent over the last couple of years that could have really carried that franchise, uh, with the Eric Jones and, uh, Daniel Suarez. And now Christopher Bell and and several other drivers, Noah Gregson, you know that you let go. Uh, that 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 could that could be the future of Joe Gibbs Racing. Instead, you you look like an old timer's home. Uh, Taz, back it up, baby, back it up. Come on, hit a home run like Craig just did. He got me excited. He tickled my first time. <laughs> Taz is gone. 
you. Taz may have got... Taz may have... Uh, I don't know, while we're waiting for him to come back, I don't know if he sent you a copy of the top ten, but... Or the he list, did but I didn't, I, I didn't see one. Um... All right, well, let's talk about this real quick. It's not in there, but while we're killing some time, Jeffrey Earnhardt is going to be back in a number th- – and Earnhardt's going to be in the number three next weekend at Talladega. Um, he's going to be driving the forever long. He's going to join Richard Childress Racing for a Talladega Xfinity race. What do you think about that, Mr. Chris? Yeah, in the number three, wow, isn't that exciting? Uh, good job for Jeffrey Earnhardt to – to save his money for the right type of time where he can get, you know, into a ride that he knows is capable of winning. And, uh, you know, it's uh, he's not the first Earnhardt to race at Childress. Uh, I'm not – can't say that he could possibly be the last. Uh, as you know, Kerry Earnhardt's raced over at Richard Childress Racing. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s raced at Richard Childress Racing. Um, and, of course, Dale Sr. as well. So, uh, you know, um, this is uh, this is uh, this is the right move for Jeffrey at his with his career where it's at right now, as we bring Taz back on from the studio. But uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see him in that three car. Hopefully, he can stay out of the wreck and, and run up front. Taz Taylor, so you left us at number six with uh, Tom. Don't get crazy. Yeah. Okay. So number six was uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. Do you have anything that uh, you'd like to say to that? Yeah, the powerhouse uh, apparently can't. It's kind of like, oh, shoot, trying to think. Trying to think of a good sports reference. Oh, it's kind of like the Tom Brady of the late New England Patriots days. You have the lineup. But you can't hit the home run, or you can't hit the, you can't get to the touchdown to win the the most important games to get you the keys to success. Yep. So they're getting old really fast. Uh, is that it, Taz? Number five. Number five. Moving down one spot from last time, from fourth to fifth is Richard Childress Racing of Tyler Reddick and Rhinestone Cowboy Austin Dillon. And this is a good this is a good fit this is a good fit for them, I believe. Um they no. arguably could go one spot better. Um but Tyler Reddick has had great runs. Um Austin Dillon somehow gets late race surges to go from like mid pack or the back to up front. Yeah, this is this is where it gets tough because I definitely don't see RCR as a top five. I really could see them as high as a second-ranked team, definitely a third-ranked team, but it's so close together, the top period. So, you know, I'll take it for what it is. They're at number five, RCR, proving that they can be a top five powerhouse in the Cup Series. Again, it's big news. So, so even though I think that their potential – they're – their level could be a little bit higher. Um, definitely awesome to see RCR knock on that door as once again a powerhouse team. Yeah, they're going to have to do a little more to impress me. They're going to go, you know, to move up the rankings next time. I think that uh, 
I think that if they're able to string together a good Dega and a and a good Bristol, um, I mean, and Bristol is really the wild card. I don't care what they say about Talladega. Bristol is, I think, the new wild card. Um, then then they possibly can move up in next month's ranking. We'll have to see. Number four. Number four, down one spot from three to four, is Stuart Haas Racing. And I, and this is a good, I think right now, this is a good spot for them. Um, Chase Briscoe obviously has a win out of there, out of the camp. Kevin Harvick starting to come through a bit. Um, Eric Amarola quietly is go- is going under the radar, even though we're kind of saying, well, where the heck is he? But he's, we all know where he's standing. Um, it's just, he's just been quiet about it. And Cole Custer, I haven't seen much of anything from that guy. Yeah. 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 Cole Custer, I think I've seen some pretty uh, good runs from him. I don't really have anything bad to say about Cole Custer. I think for all in all, the organization is definitely back on track, uh, back better again. Uh, we got to see a better performance out of the top driver, though, Kevin Harvick. Um, but uh, Chase Briscoe, man, I mean, he's already, he, he's got a win this year, so you can't take that away from him. SHR uh, seems to be moving in the right direction. It's good to see them going up the power list. Uh, but uh, this time they've fallen down one. So, uh, you know, it's still they're still top five powerhouse. Craig? I, I agree with you, Chris. We'll have to see. Hold on. Sorry about that. Harvick I almost dropped my phone. What's that? Yeah, Harvick can make it or break it. I mean, they're either moving up or they're moving down, and it's all going to depend on how Kevin Harvick's season goes from here on out. Right, and you know, we were, you were talking about um, you were talking about Harvick. Let's see, he's sitting ninth in points right now. He's sixty six points out. Uh, I wouldn't count him out, but uh, he's got to get his he's got to get his act together. El Marola is sitting eighth in points. He's sixty five points out. So I mean, he's for for somebody who's retiring this year he's making a steady he's making a quiet climb right. to uh to a good season to where who knows he could pop off a win and be you know and, and be in the playoffs and we could see old happy the closer uh just closing the door for Almarola while he's uh in the top 12 yeah, that's another thing. Come May, we should know who's in that 10 car, right? I mean, there's a, there's movement here at Stuart Haas Racing, and we should know pretty soon who that guy's going to be to fill that. And I don't believe it's going to be Riley Hurst, but we'll wait to, to discuss that later on. I'm just impressed with the season that Eric Amarillo is having. Uh, this is a way to end out a, a, a so, so stellar career. Uh, Taz, anything to add to that? So we can go to number no. three? I will go to number three, and this is the biggest mover of our power rankings for oh for this gosh. week or this month. Moving up three spots at number three is the two-car team of Track House Racing, and rightfully so. Craig, give us a good pitch to swing at. Well, I want to tell you what. I said it earlier, Chastain's got five top five finishes in the first six races. 
Who would have thought that? I mean, wow. really. That's a sad. I mean, that is a sad. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, sure. nobody expected that out of them. Yeah, they have the money to back them up with Pitbull and Justin Marks, but nobody expected them to be that good. Right. I didn't, you know, and, and I can't speak for you guys, but, I mean, we wouldn't have had them on our radar except for money, money backing at the beginning of our seasons. I sure as heck didn't expect it. Um, you know, and I, I don't oh, think that. it's going to be – before too long, Daniel Suarez pops off a victory. Uh, as long I, I, as, you know. I'm going to add right into that, Craig. I don't think Daniel Suarez is holding the organization back any. I think he's right no. where he needs to be. He hasn't been uh, the season's long. We're seeing Ross Chastain with success early, but we've seen good competitive runs out of Amigo as well. Right. And I think that, I think that you're going to continue to see it. And I, I can't wait to see what happens once we start visiting these tracks over again. I love seeing the fan base wrap around Daniel Suarez because, like Marcus Ambrose, he did not come in, you know, with the whole world on fire because he come from another country. But what he's done is he's built his fan base. And there are, there are people all in the United States, Mexico, and abroad that love them some Daniel Suarez, and I'm one of them, man. I, I love me some Daniel Suarez. I love that guy. Like, when he comes on TV, he makes me laugh. He makes me – because it's just his personality. Of course, I'm a Joey Logano fan, too, so that's just George Jack Racer. You know, uh, I love it. Like, I love guys who have character, and Daniel Suarez has character. So, by no means do I feel like Daniel Suarez, who obviously has not had the finishes as the other drivers have had, he is not holding – up the this team. I believe we've got this team a little bit weighed out, though. Um, I think we could probably drop track house back by two. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they go in uh, next uh, month's power rankings. Well, you know, Chris, one of the things that I liked about Suarez when we seen him in Daytona was that he's sitting up there in the fan zone, he's doing the interview, and he was – he was just so relaxed, and he said in his in in his Q and A, he says, "I feel this is going to be a good season, not only for me, but for Ross as well." He says, "I think that we've got the equipment to be competitive." When he said that, I kind of, I kind of looked at Teresa, and I was like, "You know, that's all the things that he has to say." To but that guy really believes that he has a true teammate now. Which exactly. is something that Daniel Suarez has never had. He's not, he never he's had not a true teammate shadowed. at Joe Gibbs. Come on, Dad. Speak to God. He's not shadowed because at Joe Gibbs, you have to think of it this way, and I've said this, I think, last week um, or maybe the week before. He's not shadowed because when he started, he was rushed into Cup because of Carl Edwards' like, four, like one month before the season started retirement. So Gibbs right. was put into an on-spot situation of throwing somebody in. So he, so he asserted Daniel Suarez, who had just came off an Xfinity championship, to put into that car. car. And Suarez, who wasn't even preparing for a cup season, is now just thrown in there. And we could all argue, well, it could be the equipment. or, But we could have also argued that it could have been the driver because – 
when Suarez left Gibbs to go to Stuart Haas, and then all of a sudden we started seeing that same 19 car go from the success of Carl Edwards to the failure of Suarez to back to the success of Truex. Now we're all like, well, do you, well, I think Suarez is a bust. Compare it to Stuart Haas. He wasn't doing well with the 41. Kurt Busch, who was in the 41, I think, before him, um, he he had the 41 and made a few wins out of it. And then you look at the 41 with Cole, Cust- with Cole Custer. He's at least made the playoffs once because of his win. So now it made you really question, is, was Suarez just didn't have the talent or whatever? And then you put him with Trackhouse where he has no teammates. It's just a team of, his, of himself, no pressure, no being shadowed, got now. Ross Chastain, he was in that same boot. Ross Chastain had to work his rear end to get to where he is now. So basically both of these drivers working together is great because they both had the mentality of you had to work to get where you are. Right, right. Very well said. I agree. Number two, and I think that this team could be overrated. Number, well, I'm going to quickly go over the top two because these two have not moved from the last power ranking. Number two, and I want to also throw in for Trackhouse, they started at number eight when we first started power rankings. So Biggest move. Eight. So, with that being said, our top two teams, number two is out of the Ford camp of Team Penske, and at number one is Hendrick Motorsports to round up the power rankings. So, any final comments to wrap up our power rankings for our top two? Yeah, Penske's overrated right now. Show me the win. You know, Ron Blaney's been close. Joey Logano's been close. But, uh, you know, how, you got all these other teams with wins, and they're behind uh, Penske here. I think we're giving Penske a nod because we're expecting great things. Uh, but uh, we've got to see those great things happen pretty soon here because uh, the, the results that I've seen – uh, have not uh, they've not they've not been uh, that great. I mean, Austin Cindric has the Daytona 500 win. Uh, you can't take that from him. Of course, Joey Logano won the, uh, the first race of the season, but you know, I mean, that's uh, those those are both what we'd say exhibition racing and, and, and super speedway racing. Uh, so you know, you've got to, you've got to prove Penske, Blaney, Logano uh, that y'all got it on par this year. And you're gonna rack in, start racking in some victories because all eyes on Blaney. You are now the Brett Keselowski of of the organization. You are now the Will Power, um, the Simon Pagano. Uh So uh, yes, uh, number one Hendrick. Uh, you know you can't argue that. My question is, where the hell is Larson? <laughs> Larson's taking a break. Wait, whoa, whoa! Yeah, you want to put Larson? He has a win. Well, you want to correct your driver? No. Well, nobody gives a damn about Chase, so uh, we're not. I, I was. I was not even talking about that guy. But really, Larson's running around in tenth or eleventh uh, since his win. So uh, you know, look who the big guy in the house is now. It's Willie B. Willie B. has the most wins at Hendrick Motorsports, and Chase Elliott is, as I said, the fourth best driver at Hendrick Motorsports. So. Uh, if he keeps it up, he may have a crew chief that's actually a better racer than he is. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 where we stand right now. It's unfortunate that uh, that Hendrick 
seems to be undefeated at this point in time. Does not mean that they'll win the championship, but it does mean that they have a really damn good chance at it. All right. So that was our final. Hold on. We didn't get Craig and my final comments on the top. No, that's all right. I'm good. I'm good. We're running late. Well, Willie B is finally riding free. And we and I've said this earlier, with Willie B and Bowman, they're finally popping out of somebody else's shadow. When they first started, they had Jimmy Johnson. And when Jimmy Johnson left, they were shadowed by Chase Elliott. Now, and then last year you had, well, they were shadowed by Chase Elliott because of his championship success and the championship season he had. The... Um, Last year, they were shadowed by Kyle Larson and the comeback story he had and the redemption year and then his championship to follow through. This year, Bowman's been running up front, obviously has a win. Will he be the first repeat winner of the season? Can't argue. They're starting to break free of their own and breaking out of a shadow. Right, and that's exactly what they need to do. All right, next segment. I mean, I I can't agree, I can't disagree with you. Uh, Chris, what do we got next on the on the deck there? All right, so moving right along into our, uh, uh, I guess our fan questions. Actually, I have two of them this week. Um, I know I shared them, but we added a lot of stuff since then, so give me just a second. All right, uh, so uh, Ms. Rebecca sends a question in. Uh, why, when the caution flag is waved, does pit road immediately shut down? I would think that would be a great time to stop for fuel and adjustments besides getting the cars off the track for a minute so they can take care of the reasons for going yellow. Maybe simple answer, but I'm curious. Seems a bit odd to me. Thanks. Anybody want to take a bat at this one? No. The whole idea with, about closing pit road is you if you can, you can literally have an advantage if they don't close pit road. So you see the caution ahead of you, and you dip down into pit road, well, under the caution, everybody else is going to decide to go to pit road, and you automatically assume the lead because you took to pit road when you anticipated a caution flag. And we've seen this before where somebody anticipates the caution and gets down to pit road before the caution actually comes out. Uh, but uh, what that does and, and the reason why they close pit road is so that you can no longer be on pit road. Have you, if you've already committed yourself or you're already going down pit road, when that when the caution comes out, you are not penalized. But the moment that caution comes out, pit road is closed until everybody can get back in and around the racetrack. That's a, that's a really good question, and I can see where you wouldn't automatically know the answer to that. But there's that's that's the reason to the rule. Uh, Craig Taz, y'all have anything to add to that? No, I like that rule. I think that. Uh... I think it works well, and it, and it evens out the playing field, and even more so. Yeah, I mean, you always have people, a bunch of people trying to dive the pit row, 
and basically creating a disaster zone, anticipating the caution. But there's really there's really no way that you can stop that uh, from happening. You just have to be at the right time. But for the most part, we don't see that happen uh, too very often. And we've also seen NASCAR hold a caution until everybody cycled through pit road just to keep from having that type of situation happen uh, during a race. So we got another fan question from Linda out of Cartersville, Georgia, who says that she listens to the show. Uh, what happens if it rains at Bristol? Do they have track dryers like they use on asphalt tracks, Linda? Uh, Miss Linda, that's not you're you're not going to be able to put uh, uh, these jet dryers out onto the muddy surface when it rains. I don't know the backup plan that they have, but I, you know it. So in a perfect world, uh, you would have a covered stadium or something to that. Uh, but any other time, obviously, it's like any other dirt race. Mother Nature can play a big part into this. I think it would have played a big part into last year. That's why they want to run the race at night so that you can uh, get a little bit of that seeping up of the moisture from the track. You won't have it uh, as uh, dirty, as dusty as it was last year. Um, but uh, one thing that I have heard is that Stuart Friesen tested with and without a windshield at Bristol. So exciting to see uh what they will do there so with the with that, uh I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to that because they made a decision. So Stuart Friesen tested with both with both with a windshield and without a windshield. NASCAR made the final verdict and this is the stupid call, so now you know the answer of throwing the windshield onto these freaking cars for a dirt race. So NASCAR ain't doing it right for that. So SRX is, apparently did something right because when they have their dirt races, they take the windshield off. Yeah, that's kind of strange. Once again, NASCAR, you, you know, make us scratch our heads sometimes. So, I mean, any ideas on how they could quicker, maybe quickly dry the surface there at Bristol if we have a light rain or maybe a moisture that comes in, uh, particularly so, maybe in the morning time versus they would, they uh, in the have, evening time? So they would have they have packing trucks or they would have um, if they left I know with the Bristol Dirt Nationals happening you're going to have a bunch of race cars and stuff so depending on the Dirt National schedule and how long the dirt's going to stay on after the racing the NASCAR racing this weekend I'm sure they're going to have race cars there to help. Um, actual dirt cars that help run in the track and get the moisture, you know, ran in and the track is raceable. So right. there, I would, I would think that they would come prepared, more prepared this time than last year. But of course, being that this time around, it's under the lights. I would have to say that not everything is going to work out smoothly like it was last year. But I'm mm-hmm. sure whatever they learned last year, they're going to try to incorporate this year as best as they can, despite going from right. a day to a night race. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm expecting a, a lot less dry track, uh, a lot less dusty track. If they had a good track through most of the weekend, of course, it was wet and cold uh, up there with, with the uh, model and the singers and those cars uh, racing uh, at Bristol on the dirt. Uh, some great racing, unfortunately, just not to turn out like they had the year before uh, from the dirt world. 
Um, but that was an awesome few nights of street stock racing. May I add that some of our drivers, our local drivers, went up there and kicked some freaking ass and uh, took home some checker freaking flags, man, from Bristol, including Chad freaking Thrash, who's right here out of Meridian, Mississippi, and, and our buddy Bo Miner right up there in the Tuscaloosa, Alabama uh, area. So uh, roll mm-hmm, tide. Uh, and uh, Chad Thrash, way to go. Highway 19 speed shops, so and uh, and Project X, uh, some of the baddest cars right now on the market in the street stock uh, division. But uh, um, so uh, that's uh, we appreciate your fan question submission. You can submit those to any of the hosts, or you can submit it to Race Chat Live on uh, our Facebook. Sorry about the confusion that was last week, where uh, I believe somebody had put out a post that they could only submit through uh, Race Chat Live. That is not the case. You can submit. Uh, and you can be an anonymous submitter if you want to be to any of the hosts or anybody at the 110 Nation. We, our goal here is to have people ask us. It's not that we know everything about racing, but if you give us a couple of days in advance, most of the time I think we've all been able to, to look up some answers here. So uh, it's really a, a fun little segment, and I've enjoyed doing it, and it's glad to see somebody outside of the perimeter here uh, joining in and uh, submitting a fan question. So, uh Kudos to uh, Miss Linda out of Cartersville, Georgia. Thank you once again. And we found somebody else who's listening to our show. Um, and and we wouldn't have known that without the fan question. That's what's so awesome about it. So back to our itinerary. Uh, we are running out of time. Holy crap, we are running out of time. That means it's a good show. Um, uh, so preview of Bristol on dirt. Look, I mean, just have your dirt goggles ready. Buy a freaking ticket. The one thing that I've heard over the last few weeks is if Dirt fans really loved uh, Dirt and they wanted it to be in NASCAR, they would show up and sell out of this racetrack. You're talking about, you know, probably 100,000 tickets that would have to be sold. I'm not saying it had never been done at Bristol, but it hasn't been done often or recently at Bristol. So I'm not I'm not expecting a sellout. Uh, we've said before I'd like to see a true dirt race at a true dirt racetrack. Uh, this is probably the, the it's finishing factor of the dirt race at Bristol. It's been a good two-year run. Hopefully we'll get a solid race this weekend, and uh, hopefully the moisture will kind of stay, because it is a rainy season here in the south. So, uh, um, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get some good weather for it and uh, won't have a day of running, you know, three series trying to get some racing in like we've seen uh, uh, in the past. But, uh uh, anything that you guys want to review about the upcoming Bristol race? I believe we're racing all three series, correct? Nope. No, we're only racing trucks and uh, cup. Just trucks and cup. Okay, just trucks and cup. All right, all right. We got an entry list for the trucks. I know I am doing terrible. I need, man, I need some, I need this weekend. I need a, I, I need to go two for two this weekend. I definitely, um, am, uh, am, am in dire need of some stage points wins. Uh, um, as we go into our uh, you pick them uh, segment, I guess I'll start the the roller coaster. I'm going to go with yep. Chris, Chris uh, is on reason. I'm, t- I'm coming out the door shooting. Okay, I'm coming out. Stuart Friesen. Okay, taking Friesen here, and uh, I'm taking Kyle Larson. Uh, at the uh, at the dirt track, so um, you know, just yeah, you know, I'm pulling strings here. Uh, do I think that I could go two for two this weekend? I, baby, I've got to. I've got 
I got to do something. So I'm going after the powerhouse kids. I'm going after Stuart Friesen. I'm going after uh, Kyle Larson. The two dirt guys really know how to get it done. Unfortunately, I'm sure some kid uh, named named JoJo, he's going to win uh, the uh, the truck series race, and uh, probably uh, uh, Daniel Hemrick or somebody like that's going to wind up winning uh, the, uh, the the cup race. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to roll the dice to see. But uh, my pick is Stuart Friesen, and who did I say? Kyle Larson. Thank you. I'm paying attention. You you picked Mr. Freeze, Stuart Friesen, and you have Lala, Kyle Larson. So, Jason, on deck, he picks Ben Rhodes for the trucks and Lala Larson for the Cup Series, which will lead to me for picking. I'm not last this time around. Uh, This weekend hurt me pretty bad, so I went from first to third in our overall points. So... Um, I'm not too far behind, but because that's how close of our battles okay. are. But my picks for trucks, um, I'm on the. I gotta ride the freezing train of Stuart Friesen. Um Although um, Matt Crafton is a good one to go with. Uh, ben Rhodes was an interesting pick that I saw, but um, I know Chase Elliott will be piloting the Spire Number Seven this weekend. Um, I think there's one or two other cup regulars thrown, being thrown in. But the my, my cup pick is not actually Larson. I had I was thinking him, but then I was thinking, well, if we had to go, if everyone could pick Larson, who would I swing with? And I'm swinging with a guy who's won on the Bristol Dirt before, or not on Bristol Dirt, but he's won Please. on Eldora Dirt for NASCAR. Please. And I'm going... With the ding dong Christopher Bell. So you're going. You 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 think there's a chance? Okay. All right. I think there's a chance with Christopher Bell. (laughs) All right. So uh, there's not going to be there's not going to be a repick. So uh, if you're picking Larson, all you're doing is making sure I stay in the back. So. Um, and Lee. now on deck will be <laughs> Mr. DJ Chris or DJ Chris. Wow, DJ Craig Moore. All right, so my cup pick, my cup pick is going to be Ben Rhodes, uh, just because every pick? time I pick, yeah, my truck pick rather. Every time I pick Stewie, he he tanks me. So uh, I'm going to go with Ben Rhodes. And don't forget Jessica Friesen's in this race, too. Yeah, like I said, every time I go with a Friesen, I get dumped. So um, Jessica's going to find her way to the back of the pack, I'm sure. Um, no. No. And my cup And my cup pick is, um, hmm. let's see. I'm going to go with... Chase Elliott. Wow. 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 Can NASCAR throw it enough for him to win? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. It is one of the exhibition races, and he's been known to win races that don't really matter. (laughs) Well, maybe that's Joey Logano. I mean, hell, Logano won the Coliseum, and does that really matter? Yeah, yeah. What has he done since then? 
Yeah. And speaking of what so, uh, uh, he, he's only won uh, road courses, so that would break his uh, his drought of winning at a at a noble speedway. So uh, that, that that's interesting, right. and it would finally put him in the winner's lane. Okay, what about Miss Lee? Miss Lee's leading the weekend. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. She oh, took over wow. the points after the truck race. Yeah, I mean, uh, a blind squirrel go, catches Lee. a nut every once in a while. Way, way to go, Mama Lee. I'm kidding, All of course, right, so Miss Lee. Go picks, so Craig's picks are in. So he says Ben Rhodes and Chase the Face Elliott. Miss Lee, her picks are John Hunter Nematode. And she's swinging the fence, too, like I did. Christopher Ding Dong Bell. So we had all these dirt racers in in the race, in the cup. And we went between two drivers, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. I mean, <laughs> okay. Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, uh, uh, Eric Jones. Um, all these guys, they, they have, uh, did I say Chase Briscoe? Okay, uh, they're from dirt, and uh, we're we're going we're going with the two that put on the show the most. That's Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. Sounds like uh, sounds like old Justin Haley's going to get the win, y'all. Yeah, it'll be somebody that'll totally screw up all our picks. <laughs> well, Look, Haley Deegan will be a late entry and win. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! All right. So, uh who's in that who's in that 16 car? Who who's who's the pilot there this weekend in the Cup Series? Who's who's in that car? Is it Hemrick or is it Gregson or is it uh, Domindinger? I mean, I'm pulling up Bob Parker's Twitter now. So, if you give me one second. Oh, here we go. Perfect. Like the second tweet in. In the 16 car is Noah Gregson. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. Um, Josh, hold on. For the for the Cup uh, entry list. We'll kind of quickly go through. We know the usual typical. Justin Yaley's in there as well, right? In the seventy-seven. Yeah, J- 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 Yaley's in the in the Rick Ware fifteen. Gregson in the colleague sixteen. Uh, Al Geyer in the Spire seventy-seven. Josh Williams pilots the Live Fast Motorsports seventy-eight. On the truck side, um, Harrison Burton will pilot the. Uh, DGR 17, uh, Chase Elliott in the Spire number seven. I'm not sure who's in the Norm Benning six truck yet. Haven't seen anything. Norm Benning. Austin, Dill- Austin Dillon's driving the Young's Motorsports number 20. Uh, I'm not sure who's in the Realm Brothers 33 as of yet. Um, let's see. Joey Logano in the uh, DGR 54. Jessica Friesen in the 62. Joey Logano is racing. Yeah, Joey Logano. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Logo. Logo Logano. uh, So, hold on. 36 cars for Bristol Dirt. Um, Nothing in in words of provisionals and this and that. So, I would say heat races for that. Uh, 38 trucks for 36 spots for the truck race um, at Bristol. Um, passing points and finish points and heats determine the first 31 spots, then five provisionals. And I do so want to hit on the truck. truck. He's racing the truck. So let's go through the Bristol dirt schedule. I had that earlier, and I'm not sure where it went. 
Three minutes. Oh, no. I hate it when they repeat. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I had the I had the dirt schedule, and then the site decided to refresh itself on me, and I don't know All why. Right. Oh, good. We'll, we'll add that to the uh, to the website. I, I don't think I think we covered so much tonight. That's amazing how we were able to oh, uh, here we go to get through all that. Here we go. All right. So Friday, April fifteenth at three o five p.m. Eastern is first practice for the truck series, Cup series first practice at four o five. Uh, Camping World Truck Series final practice at 5.35 and 6.35 p.m. is final practice for the Cup Series. All of that will be on FS1 Saturday, April 16th. Uh, Qualifying heat races at 4.30 for the Truck Series and 6 p.m. qualifying heat races for the Cup Series. Those will be on FS2 switching into FS1 later on, I think. Um, for FS1, MRN Radio, and Sirius XM at 8 p.m. Eastern is the Truck Series main event. Um, then Sunday, April 17th at 7 o'clock on Fox PRN, that's Performance Racing Network, and Sirius XM Radio uh, will be the Cup Series race. So let's do one quick toasted tweet that I found over the over the week that I really want to read here. The reaction to yesterday's race is disheartening. We've lost all respect to what is going on in this sport and replaced it with the need for unnecessary drama and a goal nothing but impossible to reach. Was yesterday's product great? Maybe not, but calm down. It happened. That was written by Brian Murphy. I think those words speak true. Don't give up on it yet. Um, it is a new car. We're going through some changes. It's definitely we're further ahead now than what we were with the COT car back uh, 12 years ago. Um, my right. headline today, car real quick, was a Bristol was great. And that's just real simple. Uh, Craig, Monday's headlines today. Um, Bristol was Bristol was what every short track has been so far this season, lackluster. Wow. And, and, and wow. Taz is going to say Bristol was moist. I mean, wet. Right. I mean, Taz, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Ah, uh, let's see. While Bristol struggles, hold on, no, no, I don't want to go that way. Bristol succeeds in year two, but still finds its struggles for a night race. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, we are now currently. I, I don't know if we're still rolling. Are we still rolling? I think we are still rolling because we bought more time. Okay. Awesome. So we're still live and on the air. That's great. I kind of panicked, panicked there because we have gone a couple minutes over, uh, which is not normal for us here lately. We've been normally right on cue, uh, but we did have issues coming onto the air. And uh, so, uh, but uh, that's Monday's headlines today. Um, I think that uh, that it's going to be a great time, and Bristol's really going to impress, and we're going to have some uh, some some awesome dirt track racing. I cannot give this a bad grade. I cannot. I cannot come out with a negative attitude rolling into this weekend because I want it to succeed. I want it to succeed really bad. So, um, closing, uh, Taz Taylor, you want to you want to go over those networks and stuff as we close out the show? Sure thing. So, thanks so long, everyone, to listening to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. We are always live on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. Eastern to about 10 o'clock Eastern. 
And if you don't get to listen to us live, you can also check us out on any of your podcasting needs on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, and YouTube. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening along to our shows, regardless if it's live or through those podcast uh, networks. And as always, you can catch us at the same bat time, same bat place next Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, here on Blog Talk Radio. This has been the Caution Flag of Radio. Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Double Flaggers, Taz Taylor. Saying so long, good night. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hills Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way the only way they know how. That's just a little bit more than the law will allow. Just a good old boy wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.